What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, we will begin the day at Yankee Stadium. We will begin today at Yankee Stadium, where the Yankees got a 6-3 victory to sweep the two-game interleague series against the Braves yesterday. But the story of the night, uh, no, it's not going to be fair for me to single out one guy. I'll just go through everyone who, who did big things. First of all is Clint Frazier getting back into the lineup. So, Clint Frazier was recalled to the Yankees from their alternate site once Giancarlo Stanton went on the injured list. And in Frazier's first game back into the lineup, he, he you know, welcomes himself back with three hits and a home run. You know, Frazier's the bat-first outfielder who really should be in the major leagues. He's a major league caliber player. He's a major league player, uh, but he's blocked by the talented outfield in New York. You know, a lot of people have said that he should be traded, where he could be able to play every, to a place where he'd be able to play every day. Uh, but the Yankees haven't done that yet. Well, I guess, you know, at Clint Frazier's expense, but at the Yankees' benefit, they just have him waiting in the wing so they can plug him in like they did last night, have him produce right from the get-go. He and Gary Sanchez went back-to-back um, in, in the second inning. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka pitched four innings yesterday. Um, and then DJ LeMayhew. DJ LeMayhew, not only did he save a run with a sliding grab on a shift-beating infield hit in the third inning, he then knocked in a run with a fifth-inning single and then completed his night, legging out a seventh-inning triple. DJ LeMayhew is hitting 431. He upped his average to 431. Um... He's leading the American League in batting average. This is a guy who everyone knows can absolutely rake. He raked last year in New York. He's raked uh, once before in Colorado. Advanced stats never really liked him before he became a Yankee, and then he just burst it out and was an MVP candidate all of a sudden last year. And it seems to be that this is the DJ LeMay we should expect to see, period. Not just moving forward. This is who he is. He's, he's a good hitter. He's a really good hitter. Um, but... Uh, he, he has the 2016 National League batting title under his belt already. If he gets the batting title this year, he'll be, you know, the second player ever to lead both the American League and National League in hitting. So, shout out to G- DJ LeMayu. Uh, Yankees win this game by a score over the Braves, score of 6-3. to three. So, a couple of days ago, we talked about Juan Soto hitting his longest home run of his career so far. Well, two days later, he's already bested that. So last night he had a 466 foot drive, which is just three feet further than the 463 he had a couple of nights ago. But this one, it, it just looked even further. I mean, this ball looked like it went 500 feet. My goodness. I mean, he took an 89.7 mile an hour slider off of Rob Gesellman and deposited it into like the back of the concourse in right field that Coca-Cola corner and like the upper right deck of City Field. Soto is, I mean, he's just gotten to the point where crushing home runs have become second nature. It's just his third season in the big leagues. Um, but yesterday was his sixth multi-home run game. He had another home run, by the way, not just that long blast. In the sixth inning, he would hit a lefty cutter 403 feet to left center. That's for, that was for his 60th home run of his career. So his sixth 
career multi-home run game, tying Andrew Jones and Cody Bellinger for the third most multi-home run games by a player 21 years old or younger. And Soto is also tied in fifth place with Ken Griffey Jr. and Frank Robinson for most homers before age 22. He has 60 home runs right now. So his stats are quickly continuing to pile up. Um, I mean, even though he made his season debut late after, you know, having COVID-19, he's off to a phenomenal start. He was 3-4 for four last night with two runs and four ribbies. Now on the season, he's hitting 423 with nine ribbies. That's over his first seven games. Juan Soto is a beast. Let's head up to Buffalo, where the Buffalo Blue Jays and Miami Marlins played another crazy game. Yesterday was a 14-11 Marlins victory to help them hold on for a two-game split at Salem Field in Buffalo, New York. So this game wrapped up a 23-day road trip for the Marlins, who haven't played at home yet. Um, I mean, what, what this club has encountered on this 23-day road trip has far exceeded anything this organization could have imagined. I mean, they not only did they overcome a coronavirus outbreak that sidelined the team for eight days, they also still managed to accomplish a fast, a fast start, a fast start to the year. Um, the Marlins, just like, you know, the Orioles, for example, are still sticking around. The Marlins are eight and four. They have a winning record and they're on top of the NL East. It's it's pretty funny. But after seven Blue Jays homers erased Miami's early eight-run lead, it seemed like the Blue Jays were going to run away with this game. But the Marlins executed some small ball in extra innings, and then they held on for a 14-11 victory. Um, like I said, seven home runs from the Blue Jays, including two by Travis Shaw. They came charging back after they were down by eight, but you know the the Marlins held on for this win. Um, I mean, like I said, they hit they hit two home runs from Travis Shaw, then Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr., Danny Jansen, Rowdy Telez, and Teoscar Hernandez each hit one home run as well. Um, Nate Pearson started this game for for uh, Toronto. He did not look sharp at all. I mean. Pearson allowed seven runs with four earned, four earned runs in two and third innings. And, you know, the game kind of got away from Toronto at that point. Um, I mean, young guy, only like the third start of his career or something. So uh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. But, you know, in a, in a road trip that had 18 players and two coaches test positive for COVID-19, the Marlins still managed to go eight and four. That's the big takeaway here. So they're going to open their first home series on Friday at Marlins Park facing the Braves in a battle for first place at NL East. So the traveling party that's returning to Miami in the early hours of Thursday morning, like today, is going to be a lot different than the group that left to begin the season back when they left on July 21st. From that initial 30-man opening day roster, only 13 players remain. Most of them are on the injured list. 16 of them are on the injured list and second baseman Isan Diaz opted out. So, I mean, the rotation and their bullpen were hit especially hard by the virus with three starting pitchers on the injured list. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto was promoted from the alternate training site in Jupiter. He made his second start last night. Last night, you know, uh, 24-year-old guy, he surrendered a pair of two-run homers, striking out five and three and a third. But, I mean, 
their bullpen was dealt another blow yesterday with Mike Morin sustaining a right elbow injury. He's going to get further evaluation when the team returns to South Florida. So it was Josh A. Smith who closed out the 10th inning without allowing a run for his second career save. They've been without catcher Jorge Alfaro, outfielder Harold Ramirez, and first baseman DH Garrett Cooper since the Philly series. The two constants, though, in this time have been Brian Anderson and Jesus Aguilar. And they've been off to a hot start. Brian Anderson went deep for the second straight night, both of those home runs being towering drives to left field. And, you know, Jesus Aguilar also played a role in yesterday's win with three hits and four RBIs. So Marlins heading back to Florida with a nice winning record. They split that series up in Buffalo, and they look to keep their lead in the NL East. So I'm going to stay in the NL East and go to that O's Philly series, or NL East. I should say MLB East because, you know, they're doing regional stuff this year. So night after night, the Orioles keep defying expectations. Night after night, the improvement from their young players is plain to see. How are they doing it? Well, I mean, the list of of those who are contributing is actually pretty long. Um, they have a bunch of players packing some of the best baseball of their lives into this 60-game sprint of a season. But, I mean, yesterday, this continued. They get a 5-4 to four victory over the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. And the Orioles now have a they currently have a four-game winning streak. Two victories before and two victories after a Sunday's suspended game at the Nationals. So they, they, they were able to even get through that and keep winning. But yesterday they were paced by solo home runs from Anthony Santander, Rio Ruiz, and Chan Sisko. Three young bats who've emerged this year to make Baltimore's offense scary against right-handed hitters in particular. They've been really good. Um, yeah, some of these guys are, are players that most MLB, I don't even care, even if you're a really good, knowledgeable MLB fan, I'm a very knowledgeable MLB fan, but some of the guys on, on their roster are guys I had never heard of. I, I, I knew of Rio Ruiz, Chan Cisco, and Anthony Santander from previous years, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I, there, there's some guys that they've, they've had in there I, I haven't really been too familiar with, um, and by the way, I'm just noticing that Chris Davis is hitting eighth for the Orioles now. They've moved him down. Uh, he just, I mean, he has not been able to um, be be relevant in a few years now. But the Orioles have gotten to a point where they can now afford to hit Chris Davis eighth in the lineup. Think about that. That, that, that just shows how much improvement they've made. Significant improvement they've made over the years because it was, it, it was a a fact that he was even though he was struggling so much last year or the year before he was still such a valuable piece of the lineup they had to hit him fourth they had to hit him cleanup or whatever now that they've got to the point that they have other um producing bats they, they can slide davis down to the eighth spot and maybe eventually they might even bench him if they find someone to take his place who knows but the baltimore orioles are nine and seven ladies and gentlemen nine and seven they get the win over the phillies Yesterday, Zach Eflin started for the Phillies, gave up four earned over six innings. Um, for the Orioles, uh, they only got three and a third out of Wade LeBlanc starting. Uh, he gave up three earned runs, but then you know the bullpen would hold things down from there. The bullpen looked really sharp for Baltimore. And the O's continue to roll. So let's keep an eye on these on these uh, 
bottom of the barrel or, or these previously bottom of the barrel teams who are turning heads this year and see how far they can let this thing roll. Both the Orioles and the Marlins are looking good this year. Never thought we would say that, but here we are. So, of course, there were more things that happened last night, but I guess these are the main things I wanted to touch on today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.